Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast, Retro Life for You, movies of the 1980s. My name is Chris, and sitting in with me this week, as always, Mr. Travis. Travis. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, uh, this week, we're going to tackle a movie that Travis has been wanting to hit for a little while now. He brought this up to me. What, a month? I love this movie. Month? Was it a month, month and a half ago? It's easily been a month ago. I mean, e- easily. Oh, we're halfway it, through it January, been, like, so it, it was really probably around Thanksgiving I started. Yeah, it could have been about two months ago is what I'm saying. I mean, it's been a little bit. I wasn't sure about it because I hadn't heard it, and I watched a preview of it. Now, back in the day, I used to watch a lot of B-movies, and B-movies means it goes straight to video. It never went to the theater. Mm-hmm. This was definitely a B movie, right? And I don't, re- I don't recall it at all. I cannot I, see how in the heck I missed this movie. I want to say that I seen it, but I can't a hundred percent say that I did. I, I don't think that I did ever watch this movie. I think I seen the the VHS cover, DVD cover, whatever was available at the time. It started out VHS when it was. That's how I a, felt about it. Like maybe frame. there was a poster in the video cavern yeah. or you know blockbuster or something for it way back well, in the day because it seems like with horn and and uh ah what's his name the main character armstrong ours yeah horn and steve face to face in it say an arena you know i, I yeah. seems that seemed so familiar right that part does but the movie did not seem familiar to me and yeah. like i said i watched a ton of b movies i watched a lot of like china o'brien whatever cynthia rothrock movie was out at the time i would watch a lot of her Richard mm-hmm. Norton, Bolo Young, uh, Treat Williams. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, seriously, no, he had a lot of B movies that were good. Hey, man, no doubt. Treat so, was awesome, dude. I mean, it was a real treat, right? It was a so, treat to watch Treat. It, in it was a treat, exactly, a treat to watch Treat. But this one's called The Arena, uh, filmed in 88 and 89, but not released here, I found out today, till 1991. I st- I'm, I'm still considering it an 80s movie because it was filmed and finished in the late 80s and should have been released. However, the release of it was delayed due to the company going bankrupt, and they could not release it here in the States until 1991, unfortunately. Which Um, means it could have came out in Britain or France or, you know, somewhere else. Right. Brazil. Right. And I, I couldn't find anything in this movie, Travis, about how much of a budget it had or how much it made. Since it didn't go to theater... Since it didn't go to theater, I don't guess it has, you know, how much it made per se. I, I don't know how they figure all that when it comes to video rentals or video sales. Uh, I'm not sure how that figures into the total cost that they make off of it and everything. Right. Um, however, I will tell you, this movie is full of people that at the time were not big stars in any way, mm-hmm. but... They were solid actors and actresses with tons of TV episodes and and bit parts in TV movies and other movies. Uh, Some of them, you'll recognize the movies they were in, and you'll be like, what? They were in that movie? But, well, that's like myself, as soon as I started watching, as soon as she hit the screen, I recognized uh, Claudia Christian. And I was like, I know her. Where do I know her from? Like, I've seen her in so much stuff. I would say she. What was it you recognized her from? Um, I think probably, uh, originally it would probably be something like maybe Babylon or Babylon something. Five. Yeah. It would have to be because I know her so well, you know what I mean? Like if she was just instantly, I knew exactly who she was, you know? Well, we'll get to her in a minute. Exactly. Some of the stuff that she did, but, um, 
I, I don't have to ask the first question I like to ask usually because neither one of us pretty much seen it when it came out. We don't think so. The first oh, time oh, oh, wait, it was wait, wait, recent. Wait. It's a toss up too, though, because I do know she was Catherine uh, on uh, alongside Duncan McLeod from the Climb McLeod. Right. I was going to bring that up. Don't worry. Yeah. I got you there. I'm sorry. I'm gushing. I, no, no, you're good. I'm I happy didn't... that I'm happy that I picked a wild movie that you liked. He did. He. I knew you were going to like this one. And I've got a couple for him along the same lines of this that he hasn't seen that I know he's going to like and we're going to do here soon. Oh, I yeah. know for a, I know for a fact because the type of movies you like to watch, the action movies you will like them. I'm sure. I, I feel pretty confident yeah. of it. Right. So uh, we'll, we'll skip straight to the cast, I guess, because uh, we both just watched it as of recently. Yeah, so, well, let's tell uh, them what it's about real quick first. Give them a quick overview. You know what? I didn't even think about that. Uh, the quickest overview I can give you is a human becomes an unlikely rising star in the biggest fighting tournament in the galaxy that's dominated by alien species. There the thing go. is, though, it's not really a fighting tournament. It's more like just like fight club. You know, yeah, you show yeah, up for fights. Like and you got Right, and you got a champion. It's like underground fights, and you got a champion. Uh, I wouldn't really call. I don't know if I can call it underground fights. So maybe it's just a fighting circuit, and you got champions. This is the fighting circuit of the future. This is based in the year forty thirty nine. Yeah, it didn't feel so much like um, like blood sport as it did more like real steel. Right, because this is more like a uh, blood sports a tournament. Real steel would be like just regular fighting. Yeah. So this is more like just regular fights. Uh, it looks like boxing for the most part. It doesn't look like any kind of mixed martial arts thing, but the majority of the people who are fighting in it are, are alien species that you couldn't do anything martial arts-wise with anyway if you yeah. were to try it on there because well, the way that, they set them up. Speaking to that, too, they have this special uh, laser beam of some sort that encases the fighters to put them on an even playing field as far as their strengths are concerned. Right. There is um, a handicap. Yes. So if one is stronger than the other, significantly stronger, then they get a handicap on them that brings them down to where they're more closer, evenly you know, to fight. No human has won this uh, title in like the last 50 years. 50 years. Was it 50? So because remember, they met, they, met the last, uh, they met the last champion when they went to the underground. Yeah, it, it, it had been Short. fifty. It had been fifty years. I said okay, fifty. So the last fifty years, uh, and he had no intention of really going for the fighting. It's just that in the beginning of the movie, there he's like a short order cook in this uh, little restaurant on the freighter thing they're on, the space freighter. Or space that was station. so funny how fast that escalated too. That scene it did yeah. like that. They went from zero to a hundred and just right. Seconds. Right, you get this guy named Shorty in it. I guess he's causing for he's getting in trouble basically. And this guy who is you know well bigger than him, I guess is going to want to fight him. So Scott, was yeah, it was Scott? something about his kids. It was his kids that had the milkshakes or something that that they was mad about it or he wasn't coming fast enough and they dumped them on him or something. Right, something like that. Uh, and I just watched this earlier. You think I would remember that much, wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> So the, the guy who plays the short order cook is uh, Steve Armstrong. The main character ends up being the human that fights in the, the, the matches and everything. He steps in to kind of save the day, uh, takes the fighter out, and he gets knocked through a window. Uh, him and the other guy kind of make friends pretty quick because the other guy feels he owes him now. And right. the guy he threw out the window was a fighter mm-hmm. for the, the, the matches. So his um, He was Quinn's champion. Right. So Quinn and her other people, you know, tracked the guy down, Armstrong, 
and uh, they're going after him basically here's a fight ensues at that point he ends up taking both the guys out she has on him and they end up giving him a small contract in uh to help get him well they offer him a small contract right but he turns it down i believe if i remember correctly he only goes back to her and takes it because shorty the guy he helps has stolen some money that belonged to uh rogor which is the main guy who runs the boxing circuit there the the fighting circuit and he runs you know kind of like a little bit of a dirty deal they say uh yeah. he gets spotted by rogor's henchman uh his name weasel yeah 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 weasel played by armin shimmerman by the way um so um he he sees that he takes the money they go to him. They're threatening to kill them both. Uh, Armstrong says he'll get the money not to worry. He goes back to Quinn uh, and tells her, I'll fight for you. I need this much money now. I guess she fronts him the money. He goes, pays the guy off, and then he goes back, and he does the fighting, starts from there and everything. Then it kind of builds its way into, hey, you're doing this so well that no fighter that's human has won this in the last 50 years. You right. Yeah. Won. So they, they were just flipping out about how well he did. Well, they kind of had the idea for it when they first showed up too in the underground. Uh, it's not technically underground because it's on a spaceship, but in the tunnels, whatever, however you, I forgot what they called their area there. But yeah. anyway, um, when they showed up at Shorty's place and uh, he fought off their guards, they kind of showed a pretty good interest in him in, in that moment. And then he did so well in the arena they were just all like wow yeah and well, they definitely in the interest. Game, you know and then uh yeah and then all the all the stuff ensued with jade and uh man she was a looker wasn't she uh yeah absolutely i went for the ladies uh mr steve armstrong our our main protagonist uh played by paul satterfield uh, I, I would imagine that everyone would know him from general hospital where he played paul hornsby for two or three years yep 133 episodes so i would say he was pretty prominent figure on there anyway sure sure but i don't remember him from much else so let's jump into the characters in and talk with them for a minute uh start with satterfield you mentioned paul satterfield as steve armstrong was in a lot of tv spots such as hunter 90210 just the ten of us general hospital as you mentioned and renegade to name a few and in a few movies as well like creep show bruce almighty um, mm-hmm. well and bruce almighty i didn't right. see much of anything else except for a couple of tv spot movies I didn't yeah bring them up. well he but, jumped ship from uh general hospital over to the bold and the beautiful so the the soaps might know oh, him pretty well well there you go yeah I did not know, and I, I seen General Hospital. I didn't pay attention to see Bold and Beautiful. I must have skipped right over that one. Yeah, he popped off seventy nine episodes on Bold and the Beautiful from uh, ninety eight to ninety nine. So that was, well, I guess with that coming on daily, that wouldn't be. You could get through seventy nine episodes. That's probably what ten thousand episodes of that by now. <laughs> True. I mean, he probably had a bit part for a while. Uh, yeah. You know, so, but I mean, recurring minor role. And he he definitely I strikes about me. It. No, he, he definitely strikes me as the, uh, the 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 soap opera kind of guy. He's got the look. oh for sure. He's got the look in his um his. I don't want to say it was bad acting, but it was nearly. It was like it was empty anger. Like when he tried to show anger, it wasn't very good. But the other things that he tried to, the other emotions he conveyed, they were pretty decent. But his when he was mad, it just wasn't convincing. But but tell me this though. Was he not a weird shaped dude? 
like he needed some yes. trap muscles or something. It's almost like his shoulders started at his at his ears, but not like but like they were flat, like they it went straight look, out. He did look a little strange. Yeah, he needed some trap muscles, man. Did you watch the movie Creep Show? Oh God, yeah, I grew up with that. So he was in. He was in. Do you remember him in Creep Show? What uh, which party he played in? Don't. I do not. So, do you remember the episode, uh, the part of Creep Show called the Raft? Not really. It's been a long time. So you got two guys, two girls go out in this lake. They're swimming out there. There's a raft out in the middle. It's like an old uh, dock of some sort where you take a boat up and tie it up against or something. Like yeah, it may yeah. have floated all the way out there. It's got a ladder that you climb up the ladder and get onto it, and it's floating on the water. Well, as they get on top of that, there's this thing coming across the top of the water like it's just floating across the top like it's part of the water it almost looks like pollution in a way but you know it's not exactly and paul satterfield's character he's trying to get the last girl to get up there real quick and she gets up there he's like what, what do you what's your They're problem what are you worried weed. about there was yes they weed. are yeah they, yeah, are. Yeah, they thought they were missing one. something that's creep show so, too the creep show too yeah they, he was the blonde-headed guy with the necklace on smoking weed with the uh well, now there was two blonde-headed guys. One guy, the, the one guy was smoking oh. weed for sure. I don't know if Paul Satterfield's character was or not, but he could see the thing out there in the water, and the one girl finally got curious and reached down, and she touches it with her finger, and it latches onto her finger, then her hand, then her arm, and pulls her down in there, and they witness this thing of eating her alive, basically. It's a terrible oh, part. Yeah. Well, I got to go back all, and watch it, because that was an 80s movie anyway, too. Yeah, you want to go back and re-see it again. He, it, it looks. I'm not going to you know, give it away how it ends or anything, but uh, it, it's definitely something fun to, to take a look at if you haven't seen Creep Show. Um, yeah. If you move on past to Paul Satterfield, we'll go to Hamilton Camp. He plays the role of Shorty, the guy that uh, Steve Armstrong rescues, basically there at the restaurant. Now, from what I could tell about him, he was a career actor, also in TV spots and also voiceovers <laughs> for uh, cartoons and things of that nature. He had some bit parts in some movies as well with his earliest work being in 1946. So he's been around for a while. His cartoon wow. voiceovers yeah. include things like Scooby-Doo Mysteries, The Flintstones Meet the Jetsons, The Smurfs, and a lot of the Smurf specials, Richie Rich, and more. And way too many TV shows to really mention, but there was a lot of them in the 70s and 80s that were the favorites at the time, like your Three's Company, your Barney Miller, your MASH, up into 80s with Hunter and A-Team and stuff like that. He's been in a lot of them. So, wow, that's crazy. One and thing in common I've noticed here is a lot of TV duck. people. He was Gizmo Duck in DuckTales. That's, that's what I'm saying. When I said, you know what, that's all the crazy. cartoons were way more, he's in a ton of cartoons doing voiceovers. No way, bro. He was Greedy, Harmony, and Woody Smurf, too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What? That's awesome. Smurf. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Should have looked that guy up. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, and I've I, here lately. I've been a fan of voiceovers. People do it. People do voiceovers. I didn't realize how many people that are out there have done voiceovers that I didn't know were in the in in the. Oh man, I played business of doing it. Yeah, video games and cartoons too. And then you'll realize, like, what I've been I've been halfway through. What was it? It was uh, I forgot what game. I was playing some game before I realized. I knew that person's voice. I forgot. It was an army game of some sort. And I'm like, holy cow. Yeah, it's crazy how many people actually do a ton of voiceover work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, it's, I, I told you before, it's something I would love to get into, whether it's, even if it's just something small, I like do commercials and stuff. Voiceover work is something that mm -hmm. you can do from 
do from home and you can or you can go to a studio it's it if if you've got the the desire and the love to sit there and talk and do those kind of things like we do for you know podcasting or oh, people who do radio work and stuff like that. Well, that's like when I was little, man, I, I used to think that I might want to do that as well. I, I mm-hmm. wanted to voice cartoons and stuff. Cause I mean, we all know that how I get silly with impressions here and there, what few that I do. And, um, yeah. but yeah, it'd be fun. And I come up with, you know, like doing the EFED stuff that we did and just me being silly on, with the TikTok filters or the Instagram, whatever it is, uh, the little filters that I post on Facebook. Sometimes I make up a, I make up a whole persona and voice for just this one face altering filter, you know, and it's hilarious stuff. A lot of the times. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, my no, favorite really one is. I have is Rufus. I like Rufus. Have Rufus. you seen it? Rufus. Yeah. Rufus is you. Come on here and get, get these uh, homemade muscle presses. <laughs> <laughs> you, you mentioned earlier you remember Claudia Christian when you were, you seen her you recognized her. When I first seen her, I was like, I know that girl from somewhere. Where have I seen her? And when I was doing the research after the fact on this, uh, Claudia Christian, by the way, is who plays Quinn. She's the handler for uh, for Armstrong, uh, his manager for fighting and everything. And really, her, I would say her and Shorty play just as big of a role in the movie as Steve does. He's just the yeah. hero. It's like they're right. they're the other main characters for sure. Oh right, they're all through the movie. No doubt. Uh, all the ones I brought up for the character go-overs here, they're in all, all over the movie, basically. So, yeah. uh, But she, um, like the rest of them, it, it, the one thing I found out with all these people, like I mentioned at the beginning, a lot of TV time with these people. A lot of spot actors on TV shows, uh, commercials, bit, mo- bit, bit parts of movies. Um, she's uh, known for Babylon 5. She was in Half Past Dead. She's in Hexed. She did voiceovers for games such as World of Warcraft, which I'm big on. Yeah, and Atlantis the Lost the, well, I'm sorry. Atlantis the Lost Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh not to mention others. There's others in there. I just didn't include them all on here. Yeah, like about Dota the and Diablo right? and Starcraft. She's been in a ton. Yeah. I mean, I had no idea. Now when it said World of Warcraft, I was like, who'd she play? What character? But it just says other voices. So right, she could right. easily she could easily be any character in that game that was a she could have been a vendor she could have been one it of the other people from races in the end. Oh yeah, sure. It I tripped mean, me out that she was in both Atlantis movies too the the uh, animated Atlantis movies. Yeah, yeah, she yep. was in uh, well, evidently three of, no two of them are video games. But anyway, yeah, she was in Atlantis the the Lost Empire. Now movie. some of the. Some of the TV shows, a variety of great TV shows. She had small roles in uh, the A Team, Riptide, Quantum Leap, and like you mentioned earlier, Highlander the series. Now in Highlander the series, I can't remember her. It wasn't Amanda she played. It was her, she had a couple different episodes that she was in. She's kind of a sort of reoccurring character that was known as Friends of Duncan. But her character, she also auditioned for. Highlander the Raven, the series they made after Highlander. Yeah. Um, and she said that she lost out she lost out to that to the lady who plays Amanda. So they made the Amanda character the immortal that they used in Highlander the Raven. Uh, instead. But they but her her character almost made that though. She was Catherine and Catherine. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Catherine. Uh, she was one of the women characters that was kind of unusual from the rest of them. Most of them used the lighter swords, 
mm-hmm. she used a larger sword. She yeah. Fought. She's always, I think she's, she's always been just this real cool, strong, um, played a strong uh, femme fatale type character and everything I've ever seen her in too. Um, I have to admit here's a, here is a horror movie that I have not seen and I can't believe I haven't seen it yet. Uh, but she played in uh, Maniac Cop 2. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Robert Dobby. Uh, she's in that with him as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I've seen, I see, I seen that listed. Um, yeah. She's just, it just tripped me out. Cause she's, she's one of those that, like you say, you know, I think probably mostly from Babylon is where I know her from. Cause I did uh, back in the day, I watched quite a bit of Babylon 5 when it first she, started coming on, you know. She auditioned for the role of uh, Seven of Nine on Voyager. Yeah, I thought for a minute she was Dax when I first started watching. I was like, "Is that Dax?" No, she's not yeah, Dax. No, I'm not Dax. <laughs> she did say there's there's a quote for her though. It says, "Apparently, I've been typecast in science fiction. I'm a Russian bisexual telepathic Jew." That's what she <laughs> says. That's, that's her description of herself. She has been cast type, as she's saying now. <clears throat> well, I like it. I dig Claudia. So, moving on from Claudia, we got uh, Mark Eleno played Rogor. Mm-hmm. He is known for roles in Total Recall as the character of Everett, Tango and Cash as Lopez, and Star Trek Deep Space Nine as Ghoul Ducat and Officer Ryan, as well as the Naked Gun 33 and a third. He just a little bit parking as a trucker of some sort. Which uh, one was Rogor? Rogor, was that when he beat up? In, no, Rogor was the, the ultimate bad guy. Rogor the is bad the guy. bad guy behind the fights. The one yeah, who tried yeah, yeah. to get Armstrong taken out. Yeah, he was he was hooked up with Jade. Yes, the uh, he got her to seduce Armstrong to try and take him out of the final fight where he couldn't participate. Yeah, and they were you know, they, they, like they drug him with something. Yeah, um, Jade. Of course, he's been in, like the- like the rest of them TV shows, movies. I didn't put anything down for him because they're getting kind of repetitive at this point. They've all been in all the same yeah. things. So if they're all in the same things. I don't see any point in listing them all over and over and over. But it's all during right. that time frame. They they did well for themselves. That and uh, it gets boring if we just walk through and just. It does, you know, the same old, same old, same old. This guy was also in a team and right. Night Rider. Bueller, Bueller. <laughs> uh, Armin Shimmerman played Weasel. He was the henchman for Rogor. Uh-huh. He. Uh, was in Star Trek Deep Space Nine as his big claim to fame, playing the role of Cork. Yeah. And uh, he he had plenty of scenes in all the Star Trek movies that got cut out, too. You know that? Um, really? Yeah, he was in a, a lot of the other well, Star he was Trek the movies. Ferengi that, he was the Ferengi that owned, wasn't he? Yeah, that owned the bar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was cool. in a ton of damn episodes, though. Yeah, a lot of episodes, but some of the movies he had seen that were just cut out. Like they were going to put the court, the oh, court the character in the movie. Ah, yeah, gotcha. cut out. He also starred in movies like The Hitcher, uh, An Eye for an Eye. That's the one with Sally Field, not the Chuck Norris movie. And That's he was right. in Death. He was in Death Warrant as well, plus a bunch of TV series. Mm-hmm. And um, he did a lot of voiceover acting too. He did Ratchet he did. and Clank, Doctor Nefarious. Right, and also like some of the others, World of Warcraft and. Uh, all the ones I was surprised about once again. Yeah, I'm like, man, Mass all these Effect, people. Starcraft. So Five learn shot. something learn something new every day, don't we? Yeah, he was the Green Goblin in Ultimate Alliance 2. I played that a good bit. I didn't ever play that. That's pretty cool. Command and Conquer 3 Kane's Wrath. That's the best Command and Conquer game. 
those who, yeah. those who uh, who don't know me too well, I've only played one game consistently since 2007. Wow. Since 2009, I just stopped playing recently, actually. So from 2007 up until, we'll say, 2024, 2020, we'll say 2023. Yeah. I played nothing but World of Warcraft the whole time. Just wow. That's all I played is wow, man. It's wild. It's like, wow, you know, I played wow. Wow. Uh, wow! I guess everything I has. Its, uh, played horn. I was cool. It was cool to find out that the guy that played horn is like an especially. He's a he's like a, a special effects and makeup supervisor on tons on top of tons of movies that you know. Well, now you, you have to tell I mean? me about That's that. Crazy. I didn't. Look, I didn't look him up as one of the characters. So you have to take a yeah. So the guy that played uh, horns name is Michael Deck, and he is super well known in. Uh, special effects world. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure he's been a guest judge on Face Off a few times. For those of you that don't know Face Off, go watch Face Off. It's awesome. It's uh, aspiring special effects and makeup artists go through and they create all these things and monsters and creatures or whatever. But uh, yeah, this guy has worked on everything. Ghoulies, Friday the 13th, Ghost Town, Halloween, um, Beverly Hills, Fan- Phantom of the Opera, Dagum. Ghoulies. Uh, uh, he did. Uh, he was an assistant on Lawnmower Man. Um, I think he did. What was the one where they could? The ah uh, man, it was like the brain waves. Uh, trancers. Trancers. He did trancers. Uh, Tell tales from the hood. Uh, Phantasm Four, I think. Uh, he actually worked with Rob Zombie on House of a Thousand Corpses. Wow. That um, he's done tons and tons. Tremors. I mean. He was a shop supervisor um, on the KNB EFX group as Mike Deck on the first Michael Bay Transformers iteration. He's done a ton, 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 ton. He was the robot in Bill and Ted Face the Music. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Shop supervisor um, for Quantum Creation FX on Tron Legacy, which I thought was spectacular. He's been around. He's done a lot of stuff, man. He might be one that might be a a mark for the for a guest spot. I, I was just thinking that same thing because I, I I was thinking of the other guy that I had on that he would fit, fit in well with what we you know. Well, you didn't get to be a part of that one, unfortunately. You weren't available at the time. Yeah. But when we had him, um, trying to remember his name, something Austin. Austin Anthony, Anthony Austin, Mark Anthony Austin, Mark Anthony Austin. Yeah, I remember that because we did. We had to throw Austin in. The Ninja Turtles, real heavy. I don't know. I I know he did. I know he was a the did special effects on Star Wars, and they re released it to in ninety seven with a New Hope. He got to play Boba Fett at the. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, at the Mos Eisley Airport, airport, spaceport. Um, at that part, and plus he did special effects in Marvel. He did some for um. What's the movie with the blue people? Uh, Avatar. Avatar. There you go. He did that as well. Um, I love last... talking to behind the scenes type folks. That's like when we had Miss. Um, ah, that is so. See, we never. I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. This is why we first, can't have nice things. Our first lady of stunt people. Diane got Peters. Her book signed. Diane Peters. There, right in the background, right there. <laughs> right there. There it is. Right there. I see it. Uh, Diane Peterson. Yeah, I love talking to those people. Yeah, she was great. For those of you who haven't uh, 
listen to it. Go take a listen to the old episode there. You'll like it. She's a stunt lady. One of the first lady. One of the first stunt ladies of Hollywood, actually. She was the first stunt lady and, to be uh, accepted into the stunt man's guild. It's not right. called that, but <laughs> right, right. But you know, the the only only one, the first one. Jason, uh, she really got hit by a car. People. They said they basically wrapped her up in a bunch of pillows and hit her at a car <laughs> with a car at fifteen her, miles an hour. Her book is very interesting too. You'll love it if you ever get a chance. Yeah, to I still need to pick up a copy for my daughter. So uh, to get to the last person on the list here, and then we're going to take a quick commercial. But the last person I got here is Shari. Is it Sherry or Shari? S H A R I. We'll call her Shari. It sounds better. Shari. Shari Shattuck. Oh, Shari Shattuck. She played the role of Jade, which was the uh, the girl to Rogor. Mm-hmm. She's known over the years for On Deadly Ground with Steven Seagal, Spy Hard, Babylon 5, another TV series, and bit movie parts. Um, and as I yeah, mentioned earlier, once Babylon again, I've, I've said this a lot. I've said, you know, they're all in this movie. You'll notice the similarity going. They're all, they all have nothing to do with TV bits and everything. There never was a huge, a huge movie star in this movie, and yet it still turned out pretty well. So, um, And the special effects were on point. For the time, oh, I, mean, I certainly for the time they were well. Okay, hold, hold on, hold on. For the time and the amount of money given, because at the time they were better special effects in movies than what this one had. But you're talking about a a B movie going straight to video with a very low budget. I saw three different three different rumors. I said I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to say it. Three different rumors. I saw one say it had a two million dollar budget. One said it had a six million. One said it had a ten million. I don't know how much it actually had, so I cannot honestly say what it is. But I can tell you, even at $10 million for the type of movie they're doing, that's not a budget to be filming that kind of great special effects or anything. Yeah. So for what they had at the time, it was pretty good. Right. It was pretty decent. So um, I want to go ahead and uh, get Tim in here real quick. This is a friend of the show, Tim, with the 80s Flicks flashback. And I'm going to go ahead and get him on here. and tell you all about him so give me just a second and we'll get this set and here we go life moves pretty fast if you don't stop and listen to an 80s flick flashback podcast once in a while you could miss it do you love movies of a certain age do you miss the days of vhs tapes vcrs and the video rental stores does the thought of another 80s movie being remade seem inconceivable? My name is Tim Williams. I'm the creator and host of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. On each episode, I'm joined by guest co-host to discuss one of the many movies released in the 1980s. We share our first-time watch memories, our favorite scenes, and even learn some behind-the-scenes stories about the cast and crew along the way. New episodes are released every other Friday on your favorite podcasting platform. So make like a tree, get out of here, and go listen to an excellent episode of the 80s Flip Flashback Podcast. The ad is over. Go home. Go. Travis, did you know that this film is considered to be a loose remake of Star Trek, the Gamesters of Triskelion, an episode in 1968 they did? Really? I did not know that. It's not exactly like it. There's that's why I said loosely based on it. But uh yeah. Cap- Captain Kirk, Uhura, and Chekhov are trapped on a planet 
where abducted aliens are enslaved and trained to perform as gladiators for the amusement of bored, faceless aliens. Now, that sounds more like Thor Ragnarok to me. Right, than right. It, than it does this, because the difference in this is that, of course, the fighters in this movie are not forced to fight. They're there because they want to fight for the title. They want to be champion. But uh, I found that's one of the only interesting tidbits I could find about this movie. Nothing out there that much was uh, as far as uh, like people that tried out for it or anything who auditioned. Uh, there right. wasn't a lot, nothing like that in there. So I, I I think they went and got the people they wanted and, and just rode with them on it. Or they got the people they got and said, this is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe no, there's no interest shown by the people for all we know and these are the ones who did say, "Hey, I'd be interested in it because hey, you know, you never know. This might have been the movie that launched a career or something." Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's so, true, but it's been referenced in a few other things. It's been referenced in um, <clears throat> uh, some TV shows and stuff where it showed it shows the video uh, case. Uh, yep. We had <clears throat> we had trick or treat, uh, best of the worst elves what is that christmas vacation i don't know what that is best of the worst i never heard of that i guess the well it's they're talking about the best of the worst movies or something like it's included in the best it's of all the worst movies there could be they picked the best of the worst movies oh okay they thought that they thought were good oh so they show the video case when this comes on or something on the tv show maybe i don't know I think it was some kind of show that there's like that maybe the arena was one of the best of the worst movies and they showed you the case of it. I would agree with that. And I would say it's one of the best of the worst because I did. It's just a fun, it's just a good time. It's just a good way to waste what, let's see, I got it playing and behind me right now. He's fighting horn at the moment. It's I've good, I've seen it. I've, I've been an hour and a half. I've been well, I've been watching that in the background there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it funny enough, it says as far as connections to the movie goes, it was featured in Half in the Bag, Thor Ragnarok in 2017. Yeah, now, the Thor Ragnarok was a well, that was a cartoon though. So I just looked at that and, and I don't know what that's about. Yeah, I, I couldn't figure out what it was about myself either. So. Now, and the soundtrack, Living in the Galaxy, the music and lyrics are by Paolo Rusticelli, but it was performed by Shari Shattuck. Oh, well. Shattuck, Shattuck, however you want to pronounce it. She could Shari sing. Shattuck. Sounds well, like, yeah, now, sounds like remember, that you never know how to pronounce. Is it Shattuck or Shattuck or Shattuck? Shattuck. If, if you remember in the movie, though, she's uh, a dancer and a singer in the bar. Yes. So, I she mean, she was, you, know, you just didn't know if, if really it was her singing or not. I guess it was her singing, though. Right. So, we have learned that. Yeah. Uh, what, now, out of curiosity, what made you, I mean, how did you find this movie when you brought it up to me? I was just, I just, what I'll do sometimes, just out of fun, I'll get on uh, Amazon Prime and I'll just type in 1980 or 80s movies or I'll type a year in or something like that, you know. And then yeah. start going through things, and like you said, I you know I, I saw the cover of this, and I'm like, huh. And I start looking at, it, I'm like, how have I never seen this? And then I watched the trailer, and I'm like, what is it? I have to, I got to check this out. So I went ahead and rented it, and uh, watched it, and I went ahead and bought it. 
I was like, well, that's so good. I'm just going to give them the money for it so I can watch it any old time. Because I'm serious. I will watch this movie again. I'll probably watch this movie two or three more times in the next over the next couple of years. I guarantee it. Like It's that much fun. I, I just had fun. I, it's kind of like being a kid sitting. You, you know, um, people nowadays would think we're crazy for it. But I remember one of my favorite sh- shows that I ever saw. We watched it at school. And it was Fahr- Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit 411 for whatever it's called the the book yeah. where they burned all the right. books and all yeah and it was it was like a a British ETV type thing I guess that they did where they did like a little mini series and they did that book and it just I don't know it's it's one of those movies that just takes you on an adventure just get you out of your head and make you feel like a kid again for a little while I I really just really thoroughly enjoyed it that and the like I said, you know, the, the special effects and it, yeah, things along the lines of of the last Starfighter and batteries not included and you know all that kind of stuff at, at the time. That is something I was discussing with somebody just uh, two days ago. He asked how the podcast was going. I said, "Well, we're having fun with it, man. It's been great." I said, "We're close, if not uh, almost on it. We're close to our hundredth episode." Oh heck yeah! So I said it's been going you know been pretty well for us we've been enjoying it. it's it been a lot of fun i said but here lately we've been doing only 80s movies we kind of rebranded with like just movies from the 1980s because there's so many that we haven't got to do they're so great and it's kind of hard to fit them in because there's so many 1990s movies i want to do too right so i figured the best thing to do was to stick with one genre for a bit and knock a lot of them out and then go back and tackle the other one and say, yeah. hey, now we're going to do movies of the 1990s. And if we keep uh, that's going. That's like I texted you the other day. I, I guess I didn't even think about the fact that it was in the 80s. I think of it as an early 90s movie, but who framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah. It's like, how have we not done this movie? Right. And there's so many of them. So, I mean, but little gems like this one that we talked about tonight. Um, so fun to watch. When you look at it today, you're probably wondering, why did they watch that movie? But it's not, it's, you got to watch it with the, the open mind that you're not watching a movie from today's day and age with today's technology. Right. So it's, it's nostalgic. A, right. It's, nostal- it's a nostalgic feel of it, the type of the story behind it. Uh, some people in the younger roles, possibly, or something, you know. That's, that's, that's what the fun behind it really is. So, and you know, you the guys, concept uh, of this movie, too, honestly. And, and if so, if you were to take this exact movie, and just reskin it with like I don't know Michael Bay effects since we just said Transformers. If you were to take a Michael Bay and make this movie with him, I don't think it would be any better. The, I mean, but it's you know, but, because of what it is, you know what I mean? See, I don't know. I don't know if I can agree with you a hundred percent because I think this is a movie you could remake up to date with today's people in it and today's special effects, and I think you can get something really, really good out of it, really fun out of it. What I'm saying is I think this is a sleeper. I think that this is one of the ones that sh- that would have done well <clears throat> or maybe should have done well in the box office. Yeah, I think there's something to do with the timing. Um, and like you said, when it released, it was releasing against what, like point break and stuff, which were just, well, I don't know if it was releasing. I don't know if it was releasing against point break. I said point break was similar in that they filmed Point Break in 88 or 89. I think it was in 89 they filmed it. It just didn't get released till the early 90s, like 1991. Yeah, what I meant meant by that, though, is I don't think that I would have any more fun. I don't think that, to me personally, I don't think that if you were to take this and and remake it now, I'd totally still watch it and totally still love it. 
but yeah. I don't think it would be better. I don't think I would love it any more just because the special effects are better. I think this movie's that good is what I mean. I think if they were to take it and make it a movie today and they stayed true to the roots of it, they wouldn't change the fighting around in any way. Like it wouldn't become like a blood sport version with martial arts, aliens and stuff. They would stick true to it and have a lot of boxing type stuff in it. Mm-hmm. And the role that Paul Satterfield played would be pretty well played by like Logan Paul. I think he could pull that off. Oh, dude. If Dude, dude, you just hit a gold mine. If Logan Paul remade this movie, it would be crazy. That would be a viral. That would be huge. I mean, he the, would make millions and millions of dollars. This is a perfect role for Logan Paul. It and is. If he were to play it like cocky and smarmy, like that was a perfect casting, dude. Yep. And, and I believe if they were to remake that, if they, yeah, if they were to redo this movie and cast Logan Paul as, as Steve, that would be perfect. Yeah. Well, uh, is there a favorite part of yours in this movie? Oh man. It's, it's honestly, it's hard to pick one. I, I love the, I love when they go into, uh, into shorty's apartment, so to speak down. Like I just, I love that because of the, the underground feel to it. You know, it kind of makes you feel like anytime that you have a scene like that for me, it sends me back to Neil Gaiman's Neverwhere, which is one of my absolute favorite, uh, uh mini series of all time. Um, and it's just about this kind of parallel type London. Um, it's like London under beneath London, you know what I mean? Or, or, you know, you have like the Harry Potter stuff where it's, you know, kind of subterranean to what, or, or it's parallel to what humans can see. So there's a lot of little fantasy world things like that. I, I really love, um, I like I like the final fight. Uh, I like the part where they were in there talking to the little dude. That, he's like, "Don't take me out of the fight." The, <laughs> the little guy that horn messed up. He's like, he spins Spinner. What his name? Yeah. Spinner. I think yeah, so. so. So when Spinner was in there, he's like, "Don't take me out. I got another good fight in me." I just thought there's so many little parts to it. I, I really don't know if I have. A, I, would, I guess I'd have to just nail it down and say that it was really the scene when they first went into Shorty's place down there. I think I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to pick the part where they first met each other at the little bar where he's a short order cook. He's taking up for him. <laughs> where it escalated. So <laughs> it's just, just that boom, just that fast, you know? Like that some smart ass kids done got, <laughs> done got the whole place in trouble. <laughs> yeah, that thing got out of hand way too fast. But yeah, <laughs> that kind of sticks out in my mind. Like, you got my order. What's taking so long with my order to chuck and throw somebody through a window in seconds? Right. <laughs> it stands out in my mind, you know, and I just saw this. Like I said, I started watching it last night and I fell asleep because I was so tired. I picked back up on it today and you know, over last night and today, that's the first, the one thing that stands out in my mind that really got the movie escalated for me, got it going to where I could like it. Um, so yeah, I, I they kind of give that. you something. They give you something kind of quick to, and, and you instantly like the characters now too, because now Shorty's kind of, kind of big for his britches with his mouth and then steve kind of comes in and backs it up so it's like and then you just got that shot of the arena fight too so you're like okay what's gonna go yeah that is kind of attention grabbing it was well done. it's a very well done movie if i had to pick something i didn't like about it then i'm gonna nitpick on the special effects because of the time frame that when they filmed it there were better special effects available but they just didn't have the budget for it yeah I, I, i would say if we had if this movie had been made back in that day not as a B movie, but as a regular Hollywood blockbuster type film, I really think they could have made something bigger and better out of it. And I don't know who I would have put in the role at that time. I'd have to go back and think about stars in that time frame. Dolph Lundgren. 
you think Dolph Lundgren would that be it? <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah. He's I mean, he's just a bigger, blonder Steve. You're about right on it. I, I would it's, I would throw either Dolph or I would throw. Uh, oh, was he man, doing now in? I was for saying B movie. I got to go with Eric. Uh, uh, what's his name? Dagum plays the bad guy. In Eric. Well, Eric Roberts. You're talking Eric about. Roberts. I might I might choose Eric Roberts to do that. <clears throat> But, I mean, we're talking about non-B movies. We're talking about blockbuster hits. If it was a blockbuster hit and you're taking somebody with better special effects, a bigger budget. Blockbuster hit for... You know, Dolph Lundgren at the time. Dolph. At the time, Dolph was just... But he was doing kind of like B movies in a way, too, at that time. Well, yeah, he had done Drop Back to Army of One, which is also a phenomenal right. movie. Red Scorpion. Red Scorpion. Had hope... Uh, well. Army One actually had hope from uh, Days of Our Lives in it. Never forget it because you get to see her naked booty in a shower scene, just real quick. But uh, yeah, but I was still I would still throw Dolph in it because you, you got. I mean, if I'm stay if I'm sticking with it and just recasting it, um, yeah, because he's just he's the tall blonde muscle man. Yeah, and it's not got enough heart to be somebody like Sly. Uh, there's not enough guns and action to be Stallone. No, uh, not enough martial arts to be Jean Claude or well. Remember, we said stick. You know, kind of stay as close to as what it was. Don't make it martial arts or anything. Uh, yeah, I mean, someone who was like uh, Stallone, you, you could go that route. Someone who's who, who's muscular and built. They don't. It don't have to be the same size as what you know Paul Satterfield was. Yeah, but he Satterfield. wasn't no little fella. I said he was. I said he was shaped funny, but that was just y'all seen people like that. It's kind of like Andre the Giant. He's like he had real high shoulders. He just didn't have a yeah. lot of trap muscles. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that or and then you know Shorty, I would have. Oh my God, dude! What if you got Billy Crystal to play Shorty? Well, <laughs> <laughs> that not I that immediately that completely different role. Immediately, I think of a Princess Bride when you said that. <laughs> when he was, <laughs> you are the boot squad. <laughs> yes. When you said Billy Crystal to play the role, that's the first thing I thought of was his role in Princess Bride. Because it, it fits. It does, absolutely. It, it fits. It actually fits. 100%. Man. Well, I tell you what, uh, I got one more thing I need to play for us this week. We are, for the first time, picking up a second uh, small commercial here. This is to... Um, Basically, a uh, help a friend of ours out of the show who came on it's the show. Wieners and losers. Wieners and losers. He also has yeah. an '80s Airbnb. So, Mr. Scott yes. Leftwich, and Scott, if you're listening today, man, I appreciate you uh, letting me do this for you and have it on the show. No doubt, um, big up, Scott. Sent me a you script. Go check it out. The, uh, the arcade is open, but you have to book the hotel. Right, and I mean, just a second. I'm gonna play this bit for you. Here we go. How would you like to time travel back to the 1980s? Well, now you can, thanks to this 80s-themed Airbnb located in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Your stay includes a massive 80s arcade museum, which is the largest private collection of Golden Age 80s arcade games on the East Coast. Your room is filled with vintage 80s collectibles, plus you'll have access to every game console ever made from the beginning to the CD platforms. There's a VHS library, 
an 80s stereo stocked with 80s vinyl, and the list goes on and on. It's an 80s paradise. For a direct link to the 80s-themed Airbnb, visit longlivethe80s.com. Your quest awaits. Travis, your quest awaits, man. When are you going to sign up and go there? Man, I'm... <clears throat> It's, as soon as I, I had that thing with ADD called object permanence. So if it's not in front of me, I forget about it. But dude, I, I want to go there just to play the Atari Jaguar. Like that's, I want to rent a room just to play the Atari Jaguar. I, I was thinking, you that don't know the Atari Jaguar was so far ahead of its time. It was the first 64 bit, uh, gaming platform to come out it didn't do well i remember seeing it at toys r us i'm like oh my god <laughs> like, i wanted one so bad man the the atari and the 3do and all that stuff dude but the, that jaguar boy that was something else i've never put my hands on one and that's i want to play an atari jaguar so bad yeah i, I would love to be there just for the it, for me it's it's the the nes and the sega genesis Mm-hmm. I, I would just hope that they have the games that I want. I don't know. They got the consoles, but I don't know how many games they have. I played one, and I feel like I'm stuck in the Mandela effect with it because I, I played what they said was the same game here not too long ago, and it was not the same game. But there was one on Nintendo, and not uh, it wasn't SNES. It was just the 8-bit Nintendo. It was called Legendary Wings, and it okay. was kind of a scrolling shooter uh, kind of centipede Galaga-esque type thing, but you were these two like Icarus characters. And uh, well, if you played multiplayer, it's two player, not multiplayer guys. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you could be Icarus and you're just flying through this scroller and you got your power ups and all. And, but that was a that was one of my favorites back in the day. When it comes to NES, for me, on top, of the, well, the obvious answer is Super Mario and Contra. Mm-hmm. Those were two of the best, and, and, and Punch-Out. When you ask anybody about NES, they remember oh, Contra, they remember Mike Tyson, Punch-Out, they remember Super Mario and Duck Hunt, and they remember the um, uh, Double Dribble. Yeah. Did you ever play the Rambo Dragon. game ahead? Uh, I don't remember the Rambo game. The Rambo I do remember game. a friend of mine. Oh, the Rambo game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, the a Rambo friend of mine had the, uh, had the power pad so you could do the daggum Olympics. I never had that. but uh, That was the Ram- so much fun. The Rambo game was fun, and uh, Metal Gear was fun. Right. And, and then were- on Sega, I used to love Altered Beast. Altered Beast was fun. And John Madden football. Castlevania. All now, double, Castlevania games. double Double Dragon was on Sega, not any. Was it on Sega? Yeah. yeah. The old. They, they the also old had T game too. They also had Streets of Rage as well. TNT TNT yep. was on any Streets of Rage. So, you had a Kung Fu. They ported Kung Fu over. Right. And then uh, there was another daggum. What? Well, how are we missing Metroid? I don't know. There, there's still listen, listen. You and I are going to get together here one day soon, and we are going to do us an episode for the YouTube channel. It's going to be a YouTube special, not podcast release, because we just do movies on here. Mm-hmm. But we're going to do one on the NES and the Genesis. We'll we'll pick one of the two. I like it. We'll, we'll do one for each, and uh, that'll be some of our episodes coming up on there. I, I, I would really love to get started on that here as soon as we could and everything. That's going to be something that I, I do actually look forward to. Heck yeah. Um, 
but um the uh the the if you go visit scott uh at his airbnb there you get access to all these things all the records on vinyl on the old school stereo cabinet systems i wish i still had my stereo cabinet system man yeah the rooms look cool the room looks so cool too the rooms they'll you you fall back to the 80s now i'm gonna tell you what if you're looking for uh like the big lush the king size beds and everything no this is like uh the one the rooms i've seen so far they look like they're just two single beds in a room i the only thing that would be better is if they threw water beds in them oh my god that would be that so would cool be. my wife and i were talking about that the other day how come nobody has water beds anymore right that would be great you know <laughs> 80s 80s themed place you need water beds in them right yeah god you can you can wake up feeling like shit just like in the <laughs> 80s <laughs> So, Scott, if you're Stay listening, up man, all night and sit if, on semi-waveless waterbed. If if you're listening, Scott, we need waterbeds there where the people can wake up with sore backs in the morning because they didn't sleep on a firm <laughs> yeah. mattress or anything, <laughs> right? Hey, yeah. hey, but hey, listen. In all reality, I had a waterbed. I had a waveless mattress waterbed, and that thing slept the best. And they're heated too. Yeah, they got the big heating pads on the bottom. My mom and dad had two of them, and it, it seemed like coming up, everybody had one. You had uh, semi-waveless and waveless, and my favorite right. was semi-waveless. Right. Because them's right. the ones you could get on there and start doing this number, <laughs> get a little wave going on it. Well, I, we, I really, run and jump. we thought one time, did you ever make the mistake of thinking you was going to run and jump on the waterbed? Good Lord. Oh, do that. <laughs> it ain't the same thing as jumping no. on a regular mattress, boy. I'm here to it's, tell you. Belly flop on a waterbed. That hurts. It just goes, Psh! it sounds like smacking a ham at the goddamn meat section at the grocery <laughs> store. It just <laughs> it's terrible. It is terrible. All right. you did. That's a memory I could have gone without, probably. <laughs> No doubt. That's terrible. But I am I am happy for Scott. He's doing well with everything. He also has a new uh game show they started there called Arcade Animals. Now I don't have the thing put together for that yet. I'll have it soon as well. And we'll start rotating people out as far as ads go. So you won't hear the same ones on every episode. So we'll have several for that. But uh Arcade Animals is based on the old arcade games. And if you win, you can win yourself an older upright arcade game for your own home and everything so that's that's cool so shout out to uh scott and everything there i hope they do well with it like they have with the airbnb and the arcade people love the arcade i see things all the time about his arcade on instagram and people are just there all the time scoring the new high scores that they love the old feel of the old games it's mostly people i think our age but the young kids come in and they they like it too they're like look at all these games and why ain't this game out this is a cool game and Right. I mean, we got a little spot kind of like that here. Um, nowhere near the game selection, and it's not golden age. Uh, we've got like, um, I played Tekken 2 up there, the first Tekken, um, Mortal Kombat's, Pac Man, of course, air hockey. But it's the same yeah. kind of thing. You play a, you pay a flat fee, and then you can get in, and it's an adult type thing. They, they serve the little rectangle pizzas like you had in school. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty cool little spot. They have live music on Thursdays. I forget the name of it, but it's a cool little place. Right, cool. Well, we're pushing right in an hour here, Travis. I guess we'll go ahead and wrap this thing up. So for everybody who is out there listening, make sure that you are checking us out at the website, www.retrolife, the number four, the letter U.com. You can watch us straight from there. 
Uh, if you want to help out the show and uh, donate to the show, there's a button you can actually push on there as well where you can donate for the show. It goes to the Buy Me a Coffee, I believe, is where it goes. We still have that up and going. Um, you can find us anywhere where your podcasts are available on iTunes and on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if you could hear in the background some idiots out there with a uh, four-wheeler or something in the snow. I can hear them. Can you hear that? Oh, nice. Is it snowing? Oh, it's snowing where I'm at. We're covered here. I don't know. Uh, nice. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know if y'all can hear that or not. I was trying to keep talking over it, but it's distracted me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't hear it. Perfect timing, jerk. Uh, I hope they're having a blast out there, though. Uh, but yeah, anywhere you find your podcast, you'll find us out there. Do us a favor. Uh, drop us a review on iTunes if you listen to iTunes and follow us on there. And if you listen to us on Spotify, give us a rating up to five stars on there. It really does help out a lot with placement of like being suggested to other people, like podcasts that you might like. Mm-hmm. And it gets us out there in front of more people. And we have been receiving you know, steady growth over the last year. And I'm very appreciative of that. And I, I love it. I like seeing things when they're growing like they are here with the time and effort we're putting into it. So things are going good. Uh, just please keep sharing us out there and hopefully we'll keep growing and growing and to where we just can't no more. Can't no more. We'll be big as Joe Rogan one day, boy. Joe Rogan. Travis, you got anything you want to leave us with today or uh, should I, should uh, I put one out there on my own or something? No, no, no. Is this, you got one? Uh, well, I mean, I, I, I have just, you know, I me, mean, I'm all bad dad jokes and everything. And this is, I got a bad dad joke too. But, but look, talking to sport, okay. I, tell, I, I will tell mine and then Let's you tell yours afterwards. Okay? okay. So, be that this was a sport like related movie, it was fighting, right? Boxing type. Uh-huh. Uh, mine's about sports. Have you heard about the new tennis that they're playing out there that has, you know, it's kind of like called quiet no, 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 no. It's called quiet tennis. Have you heard of quiet tennis? I've not. It's like regular tennis, but with no racket. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. I like that one. Like regular tennis. Uh, I'm here all week. So this, this, was, this movie had these weird looking creatures in it, and it seemed like every one of them looked like a dinosaur or something, or lizard or roach or something. You know why you should never fight a dinosaur? Why? Because you'll get giraffe kicked. Oh my god. <laughs>